welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello, gorgeous goddesses, and welcome back to the Cool Mom 101 podcast. I'm your host, Emily Kylo, and I'm so excited to be bringing you this very special three-part series called VPR Happy Hour. So let's get into it. Welcome to the happy hour where two spiritual goddesses dissect their favorite reality TV show, Vanderpump Rules. So we definitely put an interesting spin on things. We talk about the drama, but we also touch on things like feminine embodiment and feminine energy. And so it's just a unique way of looking at reality TV. So it's hosted by myself and Lauren, who is a femme alchemist and priestess who teaches pleasure, safety, business energetics, and embodiment to feminine coaches. She is incredible, you guys. I can't wait for you to connect with her. She's at laurenmegan.co on Instagram, and I'll link it up in the show notes. So For part one of this three-part series, we are digging into all the drama from Vanderpump Rules, episodes one through seven. So we chat about the engagement, we're talking about Raquel's nose job, James's rage issues, Schwartz and Sandy's, what even is it? (laughs) Um, We talk about Katie's involvement with the new bar, we chat Brock and Sheena, Lala, Sandoval always sticking his nose in, and so much more. So I hope you love this episode. It was so, so much fun, and cheers to you, babes, for joining us, and we cannot wait for parts two and three. Make sure you tag us on Instagram, and we love to see your stories, so make sure you're sharing it there. We love you so much. I hope you love this episode. Let's get to it. Here's episode 87, part one of VPR Happy Hour. Welcome, Lauren, to the show. I'm so excited to be here for this. You guys, you're in for a treat. We are going to be chatting all things Vanderpump Rules, dissecting it, and giving you that girl talk version that you really, really want to express with people who really know what's going on. So welcome, Lauren, to the show, and I would love for you to just introduce yourself for any of my listeners who don't know you yet. Hello. I'm so excited for this. As you were speaking, my whole heart was expanding. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so juicy. I love chatting reality TV. It's become one of my favorite pastimes. So my name's Lauren and I am a feminine embodiment coach. I'm a somatic trauma healer and I work primarily with coaches and business owners and healers and spiritual wizards um, or witches in connecting to their bodies and activating their power and their sensuality and coming back home to the feminine. So yeah, a lot of my work is deep and it's also really magnetizing and pleasurable and all the juiciness. Mm -hmm. It's the best. And Laura (laughs) and I originally connected on this podcast. So I will link up 
the episode so you guys can re-listen or listen if you haven't yet and that will give you some good background on Lauren too and yeah we met through the podcast and have now become like Instagram pals now we're gonna have to meet up IRL for sure Um, and I think a lot of people listening know that um, my journey lately has really been a lot about discovering my feminine energy so I was like how perfect I find a queen of that (laughs) amazing oh I love you yeah and of course I'm a mom as well so actually my daughter Elliot turns three as we're recording this Sunday yeah so cute I love her Elliot what a gem Elliot yeah (laughs) so we're gonna dig right on in and for this mini series we're probably gonna do two or three episodes so we're gonna start with the first uh chunk of episodes that we've watched and just get into it so I wanted to start with Raquel and James's engagement because that was a big storyline kind of in the beginning. They did the whole Rachella. They spent a shitload of money on it. I want to hear your thoughts. What do we think? Well, they didn't. Tom spent a shit ton Tom of money. Tom spent half the money, apparently. Like, that was what they I know, but why? Girl, like, I- A-Y. I couldn't why? get past that. I mean, I love Tom Sandoval. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. him. I, I love him for specific, (laughs) I saw your face. We should actually videotape this for our facial expressions, but, um, I, I have deep love for Tom Sandoval and also why it's your friend's engagement party. Like it's not even an engagement party. It's just the engagement, but it was a cute idea. Um, I thought I really like, um, Rochelle, so yeah, I don't know. I am interested actually right now to see what happens with James and Lala. I don't know if James has ever fully gotten over Lala. Now with like the split of Randall, I just, I think I'm more interested to see how they navigate the friendship if she's out of the relationship. Mm. Yeah, that's a really interesting thought to bring up. Uh, not really, but do you know what I did think about? Because they brought this up in the show. They talked about Raquel's feelings towards Lala because Lala's hooked up with your now fiance, right? So to me, there's always a little weirdness with that. If it's me, I'm not a person going to never want to talk to this girl again because she's slept with my husband or something in the past. And... I think it's natural that you're not going to be like cozy, cozy, you know, like your fiance's dick has been inside her. Yeah. Right. So like the weird friendship dynamic, but that's like Vanderpump rules in a nutshell. Like everyone's (laughs) had, like, I'm pretty sure Stassi had, it was like either Stassi or Katie. They've like all had sex with each other, have hooked up with each other. So there's like that aspect, but I think I called her Rochelle and it's Raquel, but Raquel is like polar opposites of Lala, you know? So I think Raquel's really good for James. Are we going to talk about, we're talking about James's anger issues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, James is like a hot tamale. Like I just, I, I don't know how to take him and he makes me really nervous. Like, I don't even know if I could be friends with someone like James. Um, and at the same time, I see a lot of his trauma and his wounding and I feel like he tries, 
Um, but I don't know if that's like husband material. Like, could you see James with a baby? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I, and I no. don't mean that in a rude way. I mean, like thinking out loud, like that is nuts to me. Yeah. Even and when she's so sweet though. Like she's just so inviting and she's so sweet. Someone said that she is, I think her name's Morgan and she talks to all reality TV. And she said that Raquel is, um, Brit- the Britney that we always wanted. Cause everyone thought Britney was going to be really sweet. And she, she kind of wasn't like, she wasn't who like that Southern belle, I think that we all thought she was, but I feel like Raquel is just like this sweet, genuine human. And a part of me wonders if like James is manipulative to her talks, like the whole nose thing is so weird to me. Yeah. The thing, my thing with Raquel, I actually really like her. My thing with their relationship based on what we can see of course course. my concern is that Raquel is yes she's so sweet and so kind and so loving but to me she borders on pushover too often she's a people pleaser she's a people pleaser if we want to get into it she doesn't know how to set strong boundaries you see her try a little bit and she you know what to be fair because she did set one big ass boundary with James which was how he got sober really right? Because she was like, I will not fucking be with you if you're drinking. So she did, you know, she's dabbling. And I, I hope that for her, like, I want to see her become, because I think you can be sweet and loving and inviting and have strong boundaries as a woman. And I know you believe that too. Do you think James would be able to receive that and like hold that as the masculine? I don't think he would because he's still so wounded and like, okay, let's be real. We always have to like bring this back into the work, right? So like, like Raquel struggles so deeply with like her throat and her solar plexus, which are like the mirrors, right? So um, personal power and like speaking and like expressing our needs and our boundaries. So um, I think if it blossoms and if it blooms, like we want to see, because we're just like, fuck yes, girl, you do it. Like, absolutely. I don't know if James can hold that. Um, which again makes that would be a sticky situation. So I don't know if they'll even get married. I don't know if they'll stay together. I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. I, they're beautiful. (laughs) They are. They're Um, beautiful. And so one thing I did want to talk about was, and this is all kind of related to their relationship, right? is we briefly touch on this, but his rage issues, he has proven now that it's not actually the drinking. I'm sure that was the fuel. Let's be honest. Right. That's like kind of the fire starter maybe for some of his anger, but he's an asshole a few different times that we've already seen this season, like so rude. And one time that was shocking was with the nose job thing. They were at the party at uh, Ariana and Tom's. And they're playing like a drinking game and just having some fun. And if you'll recall, he eventually called Charlie and his fiance dumb. 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 He's like, you guys are fucking dumb. Like that to me. And then in that whole kind of chain of events, he said that the nose job, James says the nose job, think of how hard it is for him. I was like, are you kidding? Yeah, it's, he's, he has such like a wounded ego, like it's so unhealthy Um, and he doesn't know how to express like his anger. So James has work to do. 
I, I've had, like, I think I have a soft spot for everyone because we've seen them grow up into this point. So like a part of, I, I have a soft spot for everyone. So despite their like flaws and the trauma and like what we're seeing in reality, um, I feel like James, like the whole situation with his parents getting divorced and losing all his money, like, and even just like how he was in the friend group was so hard for him. And he was like exiled. I feel like now James is coming back and Jax isn't here. And he's like, I get to be, I get to be like the big dog, like the big man on campus. And I feel like he's letting that come out a little bit. Cause we kind of like need something. I feel like the season's somewhat boring compared to the other seasons. Um, and they're trying to make it spicy, but Oh man. Well, okay. Let's go then on that note to really the only storylines that are bringing any spice, which is really all around Lala. Um, that's kind of like, (laughs) that's kind of where I see it as like, she's the kind of spark that's starting all these little fires. But why? I think my, okay. My feelings when I watch the show is that it's easy for the show to develop it in that way because Lala does snap on people and does get a little aggressive. So I think it's an easy way to create some drama. That's kind of like my take on it. It's like, well, we got nothing much going on. Let's get Lala mad at someone. Yeah, I guess I'm just interested. Like, can they not go out to restaurants in California while they're filming this? Because... Like, the situations are always so weird. Like, the environment feels different. Not only are we missing, like, cast members, but, like, the environment feels different. Um, But the Lala situation, like, maybe this is too deep and I read into, like, I just go so deep into it. But, like, I feel like Lala's very postpartum right now, and I'm actually deeply concerned for her. So if producers are doing that, where it's like Lala's going to be like the like bomb that's in the middle of the group, like I feel really bad because she did just have a baby. She looks great. She's she's a a beauty. Like she's an angel in physical form. But I'm like somewhat concerned with her, and I just I I think she's trying to keep her cool. I think she's trying to be really mature, and they're kind of like poking the bear. She was justified with Sheena's man. Mm -hmm. She was justified in the concerns. She's a new mom. Like the emotions were real. The Tom thing, I don't know how I feel about the whole situation. You might have to like refresh it a bit for me. Tom was out of line and yelling to her. Mm -hmm. Basically, this is the way I see it. So with Tom... Okay, so let's back it up. So Lala, I agree with that a thousand percent. It does concern me a bit because I think they're kind of relying on her to be the villain and playing that up, right? And getting everyone being like, yeah, fuck her. Like, why is she bringing this up, right? It's it's kind of like a little bit of ganging up, except for Katie. Katie's like the only person who... Katie's so neutral this season. She's more... Where did Katie go? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not... I'm like... For TV watching, it's not as great. But for her as a person, it seems like she's evolved a lot. For Um, sure. Yeah. So I think with Lala, like you said, I agree. It's kind of like, I don't like it. It feels a little icky. It feels like they're making her the villain. She's like five months postpartum at this time or something. Like she's quite 
like newly postpartum, which is shocking to me that she's like working this hard already. It's a whole nother can of worms. Um, but I agree. She was valid in bringing up a concern. I tried to put myself in her shoes. Mm-hmm. Would you bring up the fact that one of your good friends, the partner they've chosen and just had a baby with has domestic violence charges against them? I would be 1000% concerned. I would be very concerned. Absolutely, right? I think most of us would. And I think the problem is when you're watching this as a viewer, you're like, well, why would she bring it up in these situations? Like, well, this is the show. They had like, she's being told to, you know, but I think she is concerned. Like, and I, and I do think she's coming from a good place. She's a new mom. Like, she's such a new mom, you know? And I think, like, I don't know, America and, like, the viewership, normal people aren't seeing that, right? Like, she's still breastfeeding. It's just, it's so hard on, like, the body. Um, Do I think she should have brought it up, like, in front of Lisa in a normal situation? Probably not. Like, that would have been a one. For TV purposes, it was great television, they have to get Lisa involved somehow because no one's working at Sir anymore. Like I no know. one's So yes. like they're like trying to pull Lisa in and it's just, you know, so I just, I, I see Lala in her concern. I think it's also really concerning that Brock hasn't seen his kids in so long. I mean, now we know why, but like, I don't know. To me, I just always feel like, like it's a red flag, like instantly if you're dating someone and they have no connection to their children or they're like in a really shitty situation like that with like their, their baby mama or dada, like either way, it's just like really concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't imagine going that long without seeing a kid. No. And I, I wouldn't don't... leave the country. Like is... I would have <laughs> You read my mind though. And I will say on this, okay, we don't know the whole situation, yada, yada. And to your point, can you imagine a time where you would leave another country where there's lots of opportunity? I'm sorry, but Australia is not the middle of fucking South America or Africa or something, you guys. Like, yeah. And we live in such an online digital world now, as we know, as online entrepreneurs, like he, he's developed an app to do at-home workouts, okay? What about that could he not do from fucking Australia? Sorry, I get a little worked up about this. It just, it doesn't add up for me. It create the mom rage is real. Like that right there, it's like, it's a mom rage. You're just like, how the fuck can you do that? No. And to me, there's just no excuse that you wouldn't be able to, like, for example, again, we have all this technology, even that you wouldn't FaceTime them or like something. Come Something's on. off about the whole situation. Something's wrong. And Thank Sheena you. ignores red flags. Like Sheena is, I don't, like every time people question Sheena's ability to tell the whole truth is valid because Sheena lies a lot and they're like little lies. And there are lies about how she's doing and how she's feeling and she covers everything under the rug and it's really harmful. So I think that's also where Lala's coming from is Sheena's track record is shit. Like she attracts in men that are not safe, (laughs) that are not worthy of many women's time. And it's just like, I don't know. 
Well, and she paints a picture. She paints the She picture wants to live her life. Yeah, she wants to live her life through rose-colored glasses, okay? Yeah. And these red flags come up, she ignores them, and then she creates this whole fantasy, frankly, in her mind of what the reality of the relationship is. And it's so far sometimes from the truth that, of course, I think her friends should be concerned. So I'm with you. I completely understand Lala's point of view, frankly, for bringing it up, for for sticking her heels in a bit until she felt like, okay, I can like trust it. I don't trust it still. I feel like there's pieces missing of the story. Like we just explained, like, why'd you leave the whole country to quote unquote, create a better life? Like, have you talked to someone who's an actual refugee or someone who actually has to flee somewhere because there's zero opportunity? Australia is not, Australia is not that. Pardon? I'm a daughter of an immigrant. Exactly. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I don't trust Brock. I do have to give like kudos to Sheena because she is rocking her post baby body. And I think Sheena knowing like her body dysmorphia issues, like I, I just, I applaud her for that. Like she's letting herself be seen. She looks amazing. And I think she's a really present mom. So I do like, I don't know. I, I think motherhood looks good on Sheena, you know, and at least that aspect is something like she's always wanted kids. She's always wanted to be a mom. So I do love that for her. I don't know if I like her baby daddy, <laughs> her man. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think she is. And to your point about um, postpartum bodies. So Lala is the perfect example of the unattainable standard that North America has put out and this isn't her fault. I, I truly think that that's her natural body. And some women, that is what happens. That's totally cool. But I like that they also, and I don't mean to pin people at all against each other. That's not what I'm doing. But I liked how they also showed that like Sheena's experience wasn't the same, right? Yeah. Like, and that's totally fine and valid. And I'm glad that they're showing that because not everyone looks the way they did before they had the baby after. Some never do. And that's totally cool too. I definitely don't. And I think with Lala too, like Lala has a lot of support. Like if I had a night nurse, I would probably walking life. You know what I'm saying? Like Lala has the means and the access to so much more support than most moms. Um, She also didn't get really big. Like she, that was like a huge concern for her was how small her belly was. So she gave birth to a healthy baby. I mean, both of their babies are, like, gorgeous and so so sweet. And, you know, yeah, Lala has a lot of support. And also, I do think, though, like, and I was thinking about this, kind of, like, prepping for this call. I do think as well, like, I'm actually really concerned, like, mentally for Lala because she keeps, Mm -hmm. like, hinting at the fact that she's not well. And we know, like, she struggles with, like, depression and anxiety, Um, and I think she said that she had like, um, pretty bad, like pregnancy depression, like her first trimester. And, um, I think it's like a mask, like she's beautiful and perfect outside right now, but I can just like intuitively feel it. 
like mother to mother of like there's something wrong and now hearing all the stories of what's happening like in real time with her and Randall and like her book was in a New York Times bestseller so that's like a hit Stassi's was you know I think I'm I'm concerned for our sweet Lala she's not I think Lala would probably be one of the best friends to have like she's someone that you want on your team but I, I don't know, I'm concerned for a girl and I hate the fact that they're pinning her as the villain. And like, even Sheena said last episode, like she has no friends. Lala's still friends with like Brittany and she's still close with Katie. Like her friends just aren't being televised right now. Totally. Which no. is completely fine. But I'm, I, I'm with you. I am concerned because as we know too, when you have postpartum anxiety or depression, do you know a lot of the way that that can show up is in rage and anger? And I think she's, I think what we're seeing is just the tip of the iceberg. Like I can feel the rage. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I know yeah. it's there and I, that does concern me a bit. So I do hope that she's okay. And I wanted to hear from you. What do you know about the real time? Randall Lala stuff. I haven't really been able to find much concrete. Okay, so I know that they celebrated Ocean's ninth nine-month birthday <laughs> um, separately. I know that she took him off of the podcast and he's no longer on the podcast with her. And I think they're still living together from like last I heard. Um, and maybe they're working it out. I think he cheated on her. Honestly, it really depresses me, though. I have to say. Yeah, but I think he cheated on his ex-wife. I'm not surprised, but I'm saddened. Let me put it that way. I'm because saddened. I really, I really like Randall. But to me, a stand-up guy is not someone who cheats on his newly postpartum. I don't give a shit when it is in your relationship, but especially then. Um, like, I just don't. I can't get behind that. It's just, cheating's a real no-go for me. I'm like, fuck no. Because it just really does break down the trust. And you do hear of couples who um, recover from it, apparently. Um, I don't know if I could. I honestly don't. I don't think I could. I think that that takes a lot of work in therapy. (laughs) I think it takes trauma healing. I think it takes therapy. I think it takes couples counseling. Um, and probably some time, you know, I, I, because people cheat, like people cheat when their needs aren't being met usually, unless you're like a narcissist, but like people cheat usually because they're not being seen. They're not being heard. Like their needs aren't getting met in a relationship. So I think that's like, if you do the healing, if you do like the somatic therapy and work on your shit, learn your attachment patterns, like all of that, then maybe you can come back, but it's going to take like so much work on both ends. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's possible. It seemed, I think everything's possible, but for me, that's like a hard one because the trust in the relationship to me is so important. And, you know, I know you do so much of this work, but in order for the feminine to feel safe, yeah, it's like you need that. Yeah, it would break, break it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like someone like Lala, she's so guarded, like she's so guarded. I think it would be really hard for her to bounce back in that situation. 
um, I'm worried for her. Like I am deeply concerned for where she's at right now. And I think I, it makes it even more sad that um, like right now, I think if she had Brittany, I think if she had Stassi, she would be like, like supported, you know, cause they, they as well are two new moms. Um, so it's unfortunate in general that they're not on the show. I know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, last thing on Lala that I wanted to mention is to do with Sandoval. And I just think him in general, he does have a habit. You hate him. Pardon? (laughs) You hate him. (laughs) I don't like him. You know why? Because, okay, so this dates back to when he got so angry at Katie about Stassi's book launch at the restaurant and it was like those types of things I just cannot get behind like why are you screaming at a woman about nothing it just it feels yeah but Stassi Stassi and Tom had like history so like yelling at Katie about Stassi that was what it was. I, okay, might I'm not going to justify him yelling. I think Tom Sandoval is like a little boy stuck in a man's body. I think that's why I hate him so much. <laughs> like, like, I love his man. charisma. I'm going to be honest. I love his charisma. I love, like, how at Jax's wedding, he had every, he, like, he was treated like shit by Jax at his wedding, but like he had everything for that man for his wedding day. So like, I appreciate that part of Tom Sandoval and like his ability to plan parties and, you know, let's just bust out the mission statement, shall we? But like, I love that about Tom Sandoval. Like he, he's just got this childlike essence about him that I appreciate. And he doesn't know how to, like like firmly like that masculine anchoring he doesn't know how to stand grounded and just say what he is feeling or needs to express so it turns into yelling and also Katie prior seasons provoked him a lot like Katie pushes the button I know Katie like Katie's done a lot of work. Okay. Like you can definitely tell Katie does the work. Like she does some witchery. We all know Katie's like a big witch, but she, she's been doing a lot of healing, but Katie previous years and seasons and Stasia as well. Like they were untethered women. They were wild and, oh, it like, I don't know if it was fully healthy all the time. So I think like Tom, especially with um, who was his ex, Kristen, especially with like the breakup and Kristen and Jax and like the whole thing. I think Tom was somewhat traumatized by the whole experience. So he just like his trauma response is just to like rage and yell. Totally. Is that acceptable? No, Tom needs to do some work. But I like, I guess I see both sides. It's good drama right now. This Mm -hmm. whole, like, this shit's going to blow up because Schwartz has no man. Like, he is, he is. He is so lovable. I love him. I love him. If he was my husband, I would probably, like, I would die. I would, I would kill him. (laughs) Okay, here's an interesting thing, because you're such an expert at this, but with 
Katie and Tom Schwartz's relationship, I have often thought that, like, he is not enough in his masculine core for her. Katie emasculates him. Katie well, there's that. In her wounded, Katie's in a wounded masculine. Katie is not feminine. She is, she's a woman and she's feminine in that sense, but Katie is very masculine. Yes. So she would, this is how the work goes. She would have to shift first. So although Katie's done a lot of like the work probably with like mental health and things like that, she is far detached from her feminine. Yes, I agree. Which I'm somewhat like hesitant to say this because there's an energetic connection to that in the sacral, in the womb. Um, so it's a little like, I don't, I, well, I guess Tom actually, he has a low sperm count, right? Is that the issue? Yeah. So from the data they have so far, yeah, Katie's uterus is perfect and okay. there's good eggs basically <laughs> in a nutshell. But it's weird. Like the relationship dynamics, there's like an energetic, like break as far as like the fertility and like the sexual health, they have no sexual relationship for the most part. So what? That's that, po- <laughs> well, it just clicked for me. That's because the polarity is not there. There's no polarity. No yeah, sexual polarity. Masculine and, and Tom's like a little, he's another little boy, but he's a people pleaser. He's a pushover. And this whole business, like starting this restaurant and Katie being part of it, I understand Tom Sandoval's concern with that because Katie's going to come in and it's going to be her show. And you also have to think like Katie hasn't really had any success thus far outside of the show. Mm -hmm. Everyone else in the group, especially like the original, like even Kristen, they all have their own thing. And Katie did like a blog for a while, but it never really kicked off. And I think maybe she had a lip kit or something, but she's never had anything really kicked take off now she's like struggling with getting pregnant so she's trying to like cling to something and um I don't know the whole dynamic is no bueno I think no. Katie's smart she's super smart I do agree with that can you read us the mission statement yes but I also wanted to just okay. before I do that I want to point out though for me there's an irony in that I agree with you that uh-huh. I understand Tom Sandoval's concern because Katie can steamroll. But the Absolutely. irony is that Tom Sandoval steamrolls Schwartz all the time. Just putting that out there. Yeah, but Katie emasculates Tom Sandoval, or I mean, oh. Tom Schwartz all the time. Yes, but she, she has does with Sandoval. Too. His dick small. She does with Sandoval too. I know, but <laughs> she doesn't. That's her husband. Oh, that's her husband. And she does it publicly, which is oh. why. Sand, which is why Schwartz used to like go off and like rage hater when he was drunk because he's she's constantly like beating him down. Can it's- you imagine? I'm sorry, but the calling his dick small on television, I don't give a shit that it's a joke. Actually, that's a very good point for us to bring up. That is one way that women emasculate men is like in something like a joke like that. Yeah. But it's not funny and it it's just not appropriate. So it's a good, a good reminder for those listening that that is one sneaky way you might be like, oh, I'm just like joking about his job, like not popping off right now, but it's not really funny. And it does emasculate them. 
Our role as feminine essence being is to praise the man. And that's going to be so triggering for a lot of women um, out there, especially like super feminist women. But our role is to praise the man Mm -hmm. and to say like, if I was Katie and I wanted to shift that dynamic, I would like literally bow down and be like, you are doing such an amazing job. Like I love, it is so sexy that you're starting these restaurants and you're providing for our family. But like this last episode, we're seeing like Schwartz is like drowning right now. Like he's feeling so much pressure from life, which again, takes men more out of their masculine. So Katie's role right now isn't to come in and run the business her role right now is to come in and like praise him and just be like, you're doing amazing. She kind of did that actually. She did that actually, which was, I think, yeah, to your point about growth, that to me indicates at least a step in that direction, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, and then you can come in and kind of be like, share your thoughts and like that creative essence. And cause that's what Lisa does. Like Lisa's the visionary of these restaurants with Ken, but Ken's the businessman, mm-hmm. right? Lisa's just like, you know, to me, Lisa's such a prime example of a powerful woman and her feminine, like bad bitch, nurturance, mothering energy. I just like, she's probably one of my greatest expanders. I love her. I actually made a note for the next episode that I want to talk about their relationship. Um, Because, and I I want us both to think a little on it because I feel the same. And I think as someone for me, who's getting more and more into my feminine essence and you're such a pro at it, I think we'll have a lot of fun stuff to share that is useful because it, you know what? It's nice to see examples in motion sometimes though, um, because it's easy to talk about the theory but like, what does that actually look like? No, I think that they're like, they truly are. And he, he really does. Like he has such presence with her. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I'm here for that. I okay. Love okay. What's next? Let's read. This is what <laughs> the mission statement. Let's read their mission statement, which is like not at all a mission statement. Um, okay. Shorts and Sandy's is a funkadelic dive lounge. Whoa, 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 wait. We have to paint the picture. They came <laughs> up. With, okay. If you have not watched this, they came up with this mission statement. They are trying to secure a business deal with a guy to invest in a new restaurant. And they came up with, he's like, you guys have to come up with a business plan and a mission statement. They decided to do shrooms and probably not like a healthy dose, right? Where it's like a nice little buzz. They did shrooms and came up with this. Okay, so now you're Okay, thank you. That was great. Uh, Schwartz and Sandy's is a funkadelic dive lounge where you check your worries at the door and escape reality. We hope to bridge the familiarity with your best night out, with the deja vu of your future <laughs> fantasy. What in the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I had to like keep a straight face so I don't start bursting laughing just reading it. I had to, I went back and we listened to that like three times. <laughs> oh my God, what are they thinking? They're not. And I literally work in, my background is in branding and marketing. And I know. That's not how you write a fucking mission statement. But it made oh. me laugh. It made me laugh so hard. Um, I like couldn't. I could not handle how hilarious it was. It makes no sense. It's like gibberish. <laughs> but, you know, 
here we are. What does that mean? Deja vu into your future fantasy? <laughs> is that what that is? <laughs> the, de- the deja vu of your future fantasy. Can so- you imagine putting that on like your IG profile? <laughs> I help <laughs> you step into the deja vu of your future fantasy. Oh my God. Okay. Oh my you might appreciate this. Um, I texted my best friend to be like, have you ever had a deja vu experience that lasted like two weeks? And she's like, the veil is very thin right now. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> I seriously, you guys, like, um, it lasted for about two weeks. I honestly, the whole day almost felt like I was in a deja vu experience. Mm-hmm. The weirdest thing, and it lasted, like I said, almost two weeks. So I am now an expert at the deja vu of my future fantasy. <laughs> Are you going to be their spokesperson? <laughs> I mean, I Should might be able know to know them so that like we can get like some PR going. Like, hello. Do you want a collab? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh. I cannot with it. I I have no words. I have no words. Okay, and you we touched on this a little bit, but Schwartz and Katie are trying for a baby. And I I will say I feel a lot of empathy for her, but also him. Because you always think like it's both, but you know, all of her friends were doing this and Lisa mentioned this actually, like all of her friends are, you know, having babies and it's not happening for them. And so I feel for them and I really think they would be fun, cool parents. And I do think that they'd be great. So I hope that it happens for them. I think they would be good parents for whatever reason, like Katie and Tom work. Like, I don't know how, but they just, like, work. So I think they'll be together forever. Um, I think Tom would be such a fun... Like, Tom would be the fun dad, and Katie is just going to be the uptight mom. Like, Katie's going to turn into Karen, and (laughs) we're going to watch that happen. So, yeah. To me, it's kind of no surprise that, like, Tom has a low sperm count, considering all of his black night, blackout drunk nights, and... um, who knows where his penis has been like like I don't know I feel like he's just he's a mess so I hope they get it figured out I think it would be hard I think it is really hard to watch your immediate circle your friends people that like you went through your 20s with all have babies and then to kind of like find out like I was actually talking to a girlfriend who just found out that she probably won't be able to like have babies and she like is going through all the testing and she was like, I'm going to need like serious help if I don't even have the option to have the choice. So I think that that's like where the struggle comes in. Cause as women, like there's something so natural about that, like craving to like have life or give birth and, um, be a mom and like give that nurturance. So I don't know. I, I think Katie's going through something too. It's really weird how like these OGs are like all kind of going through something really deep. Um, and I think the producers are doing somewhat of a good job at like to like putting it out there, but I don't know. I send them love. I feel, I feel for them. Same. I'm sending my baby making juju your way. Maybe they can use Ariana's egg. No, it's the sperm issue. I was just Ariana froze her eggs. That was actually a real shocking plot twist to me. Because I'm like, nobody freezes their eggs unless they at some point are remotely interested. 
I think they're going to end up getting married and having, um, I don't know. I stopped. I don't know how I feel about Ariana. Yeah. I used to love her. I, I've gone through a roller coaster with her. I feel like I really liked her. And then I like really didn't for a while. And now this season, I'm a little in the middle, but she seems to be turning a corner upwards for me, but we'll, we'll see TBD on that. I don't really know. I don't really know how I feel. She's just got that like attitude. Like I don't give a fuck about anyone, which can be like a lot sometimes. Cause she's like, now she just sits there and she lets all like the drama unravel. She's like letting Tom be the little like barking dog. (laughs) (laughs) And like, she's just sitting there. Like she doesn't get involved. She, I think she just wants to be friends with everyone. She's trying to be friends with like Charlie and uh, Raquel. I don't know why it's so hard for me to say her name today. Um, I'm, like I'm literally processing it out in my head. I'm like, Rochelle, Raquel. 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 Um, so I don't know. I think Ariana also, like she lost a lot of her friends too. Can Stassi just come back? Okay. I know that was like one of the things I want to talk. I'm sorry, but the, the letting go of her for that, I just, I don't fully agree with. I yeah, think it was great. a weird timing thing. And I think we talked about this actually, is that yeah. my sense is that, oh gosh, what was her name? The person they called the cops on? I can't remember. Faith. Faith. My sense is that overall, Faith was trying to get back into the scheme of things and decided to push that narrative. That's kind of how I felt about it. In like I don't know very a lot brief. about faith because they know, I don't know a lot about faith, um, but I do think she was like on a show on like MTV or something. So it's really interesting because like the reality TV people they just like bounce sometimes from like show to show. So um, yeah, I think the timing was like really off. But Stassi made the show. Like I don't care what anyone says. Jax thought it was his show. I watched for Stassi and like. Always. Her, like, we saw her find Bo. I know. <laughs> now they have a baby, and I feel like that, uh, like, that has been ripped from my way of being. You know, one of my friends is, like, way behind on this series, which is kind of mm-hmm. funny, though, because then we talk about things, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I really like Stassi's new boyfriend. And I was like, right? Wait. She's talking about Bo. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's great. And they end up, you know getting married and having a baby. So, um, and yeah, I really miss her. I was going to ask like, who do you miss of the OGs? And I would say like, for me, it really is Stassi. Like Jax, it's funny. I do miss him a little, but I feel like you can always find a villain. Whereas the star that Stassi is, in my humble opinion, it's harder to replace that. Yeah, I would be interested to see Stassi finding out that Sheena's baby daddy, Brock, has not seen his kids in years and has had a domestic violence charge placed on him in a restraining order. So that would have been, like, very entertaining. Stassi just, she she was gone for a little bit, like, when she did her little, like, mini break after, like, her and Jax broke up, but... She really does. Like she, she brings, you know, she's a cancer, right? She brings this, this energy to her and like, she's just, I don't know. So Jackson, Brittany, I can honestly do without. Um, 
And Jax was like losing his shit every, every season towards the end. Like he was losing it. So I don't think the show is really good for Jax. Um, and then who's the other girl? Kristen. I always forget Kristen. I, I could care less. No, like, we, no, we don't need her. I wish her, her, we wish her well and I don't need her. I don't need her, but I don't know. I heard like rumors through like some of the reality TV channels that um, Lisa might be pushing for Stassi to get back next season. I think they're going to see, I feel like the ratings are going to be down this season and they're going to be like, we got to do something. Yeah. But from that kind of PR perspective, I don't, I don't, it's hard. It'd be hard. It'd be hard to justify bringing her back because the reason they let her go was they are claiming that what she did was racist. So I don't know how you come back from that in today's cancel culture, which is a whole nother can of worms, but I well, feel like it's cancel hard. culture because Dossie got like, I'm pretty sure she got a coach. Um, she, she like, I don't know. I think she did like a lot of work behind the scenes and we have to give people that credit. Like, you know what I'm saying? We have to give her the opportunity to learn if she comes back and is still blatantly racist. But let's be real. Like Stassi was raised in the South, in New Orleans, and her parents were probably racist. And she probably has a lot of like ingrained racism. So she had to do the work. We, she's a grown ass adult. She's a sovereign human, human being. We can hopefully see her through in that work in her blind spots and welcome her back in. I would love that. I would love that. But that's maybe like my perspective and I could be wrong on that, but that's like how I would see it. Like we have to give people the chance, you know? I'm and they also don't have to plaster their work or their experience on social media. Like we can trust that people would be willing to do that. And I, from what I've read, she did a lot of the work behind the scenes. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to see us as a society and culture move towards that. To me, it's more of like a redemption culture or like a, you know, I'm trying to brand it now, but something that shows that we are human beings who can grow and learn and change and evolve, which we do. So if someone can, can say, oh shit, that was wrong. And I did this wrong and can actually do the things to repent themselves and change and learn grow I think we should welcome that yeah so hopefully the rest of North America feels the same yeah Um, and hopefully she can come back hashtag bring Stassi back can we start a movement free Stassi (laughs) let's start a movement okay last thing before we go I just have to say it what Charlie like what is the point of you (laughs) Sounds so mean, but I just feel like she's useless. Like her plot lines are all fucking terrible. I have no words. <laughs> yeah. I have no words. I don't know. <laughs> I, I t- wish her well, but she's just not doing it for me. <laughs> I honestly I have no words. <laughs> like, like yeah, clearly the not. Gemini is mute right now because I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I think maybe they were trying to bring in. So the season prior to this, right before COVID, because we missed a year, the season prior to this, we had like four new people, right? And she's the only one of those new people 
two of them, I think the two guys, they got kicked off because of racist tweets. That and they, they and they were brutally racist. Like they, yeah, were, they were pretty open, right? To me, quite outright racist. Again, I do believe in people redeeming themselves and learning, but those were like blatant. Yeah. Racist. I think there were slurs involved, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you're correct. Um, I think the girl that was in there, I forgot her name. Dina. Dina, I really like Dina, but I think she chose not to resign because mental health reasons, probably. Um, So I don't know why why she's back. What's her name again? I'm the worst with names today. Charlie? Charlie. I don't know what Charlie's deal is. My prediction is she... I mean, I don't think she'll be back next season. You know what we don't have is we don't have, like, the, like, romances that are messy right now. No. Like, everyone. They're all old married ladies. That's the problem. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Well, hey, we might get Lala dating again. Yeah, I will live for Lala to date again. Same. <laughs> I will live for it. I don't think, I think she signed a prenup. Did she? Yeah, I remember one episode. But you know what's weird is, okay, watch the next few episodes now knowing that her and Randall are separated and listen for the subtle cues because I'm pretty sure in one episode, she was like, I don't think we should get married. That way, if we ever don't want to be together, it's just clean and we're just done. And I'm like, there's something going on while they're filming right now. Like, this is a buildup. There's foreshadowing. That's what we call that. Thank you, literary. There's fucking four. There's foreshadowing. There's foreshadowing. Agreed. Okay, so I've been watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and I've never seen it, but I'm going through all the seasons. And they do that. Like, they foreshadow. Like, Tyga, he performs at Kendall Sweet 16. Mm -hmm. And Kylie was the one that, like, booked it. There's so many, so many things in there. Oh yeah, it's golden. Um, I love that you're watching that from the beginning. By the way, it's amazing. <laughs> so good. So good. I'm like, I might dye my hair like really dark. I have a hair appointment. I'm like, kind of want to go for this Kardashian. <laughs> I like that for you. I'm not gonna lie. Do you? I don't know. I feel like it might be too, too. I think I'm gonna do it. <laughs> you know, it's just hair. Do semi permanent because then it it'll literally. So that's what I did, and my hair is already like pretty light again. It's like a little bit dirty. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell. Um, <laughs> but then the blonde just keep like it'll keep showing through. That's what mine did. Recommend. I'll ask my girl. Yeah. Okay. This has been amazing. I love doing this. Uh, make sure you follow along. I'll link Lauren's Instagram. We're going to do another couple of these episodes. And if you loved it, make sure you DM us and let us know. Cause we love, we love feedback. Yeah. And tag us and Also, let us know what you think. Also, let us know if you want us to dive into another reality. Yes. I love it. (laughs) I can do that too. Um, Okay. Well, this is really fun. I really enjoyed this. Thanks so much for coming. And thank you for listening. And thank you for having me. And love you. We love you. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.